Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm glad you're all here this evening. If you're visiting with us, a Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for taking some time out of your Christmas season to be here. And if you are visiting and haven't been here at all during our Advent season, we've been using the It's a Wonderful Life story as a backdrop for all of our messages throughout Advent because there's so many parallels in this story that line up with biblical principles. So we used it and the images it's brought forth in order to really show Jesus Christ. And this evening, as we bring that entire series to a close and we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, we see the story and its conclusion. There's George Bailey who had a terrible, terrible uh, situation in his life where he thought he, he lost everything. He was looking to end his entire life. But he discovered there was way more to life. And there he was. There he was surrounded by his friends. And they came giving. They were self, selflessly giving to help their friends. Smiles on their faces. They were, there was joy in their giving. And these friends, they were friends that George Bailey hadn't realized were there for him. They had been there all of, his, uh, all of his adult life. Really, he'd been building these relationships. His friends were there, but this guy got distracted uh, by all of life's responsibilities and issues. Uh, he got distracted by his dreams and his ambitions. He wanted to you know, beat that dusty town of Bedford Falls. He wanted out of there. And George was really in the dark about his friends. He didn't see that he had friends that would be so willing, willing to give for him. But there they were. There they were in his time of need. At the lowest point of his life, there they were. And it was as if a great light had turned on and he was surrounded by all these friends. He saw them. They'd come to help him, to give to him and save him, pull him out of this terrible, terrible situation that he found himself in. And that, of course, is the spirit of Christmas, this idea of selfless giving. It is what Christmas is all about. It's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did by becoming a man, a gift, a gift to all of us, a selfless gift. But like George Bailey, who didn't realize there was someone there ready to give. There's so many, so many who don't see Jesus as having given his life for them. So many don't see it. They don't see that Jesus came as this gift to save them, to save them from hell, 
to win them passage to heaven, to reconcile mankind and God. Jesus came to earth to accomplish that. And the great apostle Paul, the great writer of the New Testament, he declared that in the salutation, the opening of his letter to the church in Galatia. And Paul wrote this at the open of that letter. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. The apostle wrote it. He declared it. Jesus gave himself for all. He gave himself for all for our sins to rescue us. And yet so many miss it. They don't see it. There was a man. There was a man in the New Testament who saw this great gift of Jesus. Even as Jesus was just an infant, days after he had come out of that manger, this man saw in the infant, he saw Jesus as a, a light of revelation to the world. He saw Jesus as salvation for all the people, even as Jesus was just, just this precious little child. And the man's name was Simeon. He met Jesus there only as a babe, but Simeon had been waiting. He'd been waiting and he'd been hoping for just this encounter. In the account of Simeon, I want to share a little bit of that with you uh, tonight. And it's in the Luke chapter 2. And I want to read to you Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 33 about this man who saw this little child and the light went on. It reads this way. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Simeon had been waiting. There he was in the temple, and he knew there had been no prophet in the nation of Israel for the last 400 years. The last prophet in the Old Testament, his name's Malachi. 400 years earlier, he had brought his message, but he had said that the Lord would come suddenly to his temple. And he also said that he would be the son of righteousness and he would rise with healing rays of light. Now that was burning within this guy, Simeon. It was in his heart. This was uh, what he was hoping for, this light and this savior. 
Now, Simeon had held on to the hope, even though there hadn't been a prophet in Israel for 400 years, he had held on to the hope that he would see with his own eyes the promise of God, see it come to pass, a promise that God had made immediately after the fall of mankind. So it wasn't just a promise that was 400 years before Simeon, it was a promise that was made thousands of years earlier. When the first man and the first woman had rebelled against God, when they were disobedient and they sinned, God sought them out. God sought them out, he found them, but he chastised them for their sin. And a curse fell on mankind. A curse was put on mankind and the whole earth because of sin, because man had rebelled against God. And things changed. And what was once a near and, and a cherished relationship between God and man, that had been marred. This caused a, a separation, a breach between man and God. The bond between them was broken. And that relationship, that original, close, and, and cherished relationship between God and man, it had been separated the connection had been lost, but God, at that time, he made a promise that this connection could be restored, that it could be regained. In Genesis chapter three, God cursed the tempter, the serpent, and he said, the offspring of the woman is gonna prevail over you. That old serpent called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world, God said, the offspring of the woman will crush your head. Now that was the beginning of hope. That was the beginning of a hope for redemption, for reconnection, for reconciliation between uh, mankind which had been uh, separated from God. There was this hope for victory over the, the evil one that had tempted and ushered sin into the world that this evil one would be crushed, that lying, deceiving one called Satan. And then the promises of God began to mount. They began to mount up. This Simeon, he knew them. He knew from his Old Testament that God had made promises. For example, to the Old Testament patriarch Abraham, God had said, in your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Something's coming, a blessing. And then God spoke through a prophet called Balaam, said a star will come out of Jacob, that, that is the nation of Israel. A star will come out and a scepter, meaning a king, will rise out of Israel. And then there was a prophet called Nathan and he was a prophet to the great King David. And Nathan said, God will raise up your offspring to succeed you and establish a kingdom. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before God. Your throne will be established forever. That was the word to King David. And what was that pointing to? The forever King Jesus. To another prophet, Isaiah, God said, behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son and you will call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Again, pointing to Jesus, a promise. Another prophet, Micah, he said about that city of Bethlehem where Jesus was born. Out of you, Bethlehem, will come one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins 
are from old, from ancient times. God, who existed forever, was going to become a man as the Christ child born in Bethlehem. These were the promises. And I could go on with dozens more, dozens more of the promises that God had made pointing to Jesus Christ, the one who would conquer over the serpent, the one, the promised child, the promised king whose throne was going to be forever. These are the the promises. This is the hope that filled the heart of Simeon and it was burning within him. And then Simeon himself received a promise. The Holy Spirit had impressed a message on this man. Your hope, your hope, all these promises that you have, they're going to become sight. You will be able to see them come to pass in a child. Before you die, Simeon, you will see the promise of the Lord. Then Jesus was born. And his mother, Mary, and his earthly father, Joseph, they entered the temple one day. And Simeon was moved by the Holy Spirit. There's the promise. I imagine his senses were all heightened. His eyes probably got really big. And Simeon beheld the promise of God there in that little child, Jesus. Simeon saw what no one else saw at that time, the gift of God. Simeon saw Christ. He saw Jesus as the promised Savior. The Savior. Savior from what? Well, he came to save from the curse of sin that occurred in the garden to restore that right relationship back with God, reconciling men and women back to their creator God. God desired reconciliation. He promised it since that very first sin. And the story of the Old Testament is God patiently, patiently pursuing his people, you know, wooing them time and time again. And he used, God used the most overt and obvious ways. Things like this happened. Seas parted miraculously. People walked across a sea on dry ground. They walked across a river on dry ground when the water stopped. Walls of a city fell without a single tool or or a single weapon. The walls fell. Rains stopped for years. And then, by God's word, the rains came back. And the heavens opened up and watered the earth. There were enemies that were scattered without an arrow flying, without a weapon being used. At one time, it was 185,000 of the enemy. They were scattered. And no weapons were used. Time and time again, God showed his power and he showed his love. He displayed this for his people. And yet time and time again, despite these great signs, despite the incredible miracles, the power, the deliverance of God, God was rejected. It was as as if he was standing before his people and they just did this. They they just refused to see God through all of these, these miracles. And the New Testament story is sadly similar. Jesus offered a new way to God, a new and a perfect way. The Bible calls it the new covenant, a new and everlasting forever promise through Jesus Christ you, know, you never have to do these Old Testament sacrifices or anything. Jesus, the final sacrifice forever and ever. And, 
and I wonder, do you see Jesus as the promise? Do you see your salvation? Even as Jesus walked the earth, and he too performed powerful signs and miracles. He healed sick. He gave sight to the blind. He raised people from the dead. There were thousands of hungry people, and he miraculously fed them with a few fish and a couple of loaves of bread. He did all these things, and yet he too was despised, and he was rejected. Don't want to see you. We just, we're going to shut it out. And that rejection of Jesus, it continues to this present day. People would prefer to put their hope in all kinds of other things. They'd put their hope in the government. They'd put their hope in careers and power and money, self-help gurus and self-help books and all kinds of other things and new religions and meditation. And they're chasing and hoping after something that never fulfills. It always leaves them wanting, all the while missing, missing the only true hope, Jesus. Now you can try to remove Christ, and many do. You can try to replace Christ and hold on to all these other things, the, the government and the, the, the jobs and the power and all the rest. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you try to hold on to all those things, it's, it's failing and it's, you're, falling in, and you're falling deeper into a pit. And Simeon knew what he hoped for and he saw hope become this reality in Jesus Christ. And nothing can ever remove the reality of what he saw, the gift of God. Simeon said it, for my eyes have seen the light for revelation. He saw the light. Simeon did. He saw this light of revelation. My eyes have seen your salvation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon saw the light, the light of salvation. Don't be distracted by all of life's responsibilities and its issues and miss the light of Jesus Christ. Don't miss it. Jesus is our Savior. He offers forgiveness. It's free. It's a free gift. Do you see it? Have you come into the light of revelation? That light of salvation began to shine the moment that Jesus Christ was born in that city of Bethlehem. We're going to light all of our candles right now as a reminder of that. If you've never really had that light of salvation turn on for you, take this time to light this candle. We're going to let these candles fill this room with light and see your need. See your need for salvation because we all need it. And if you've never, if you've never really seen it, turn from holding on to all of what the world has, holding on to whatever it is that you believe is gonna bring you true fulfillment and let it go and come into his light. See Christ as your salvation tonight.
we're going to stand and sing Silent Night. Let, again, let all these candles remind you of the salvation that we have, the light of Jesus Christ.
that you carefully blow out your candle at this time and take your seats for a moment. Without the light, it's certainly dark in here, but it's good for us to take a moment to think about what it's like to be in the dark. Without light, things are unclear, they're uncertain. Darkness can bring an element of fear, but darkness can also help us to appreciate the wonderfulness of light. Jesus is the light in a dark world, and he is truly wonderful. Through relationship with him, we find salvation, we find peace, we find hope, we find comfort. Simeon had insight to see Jesus as the light in the darkness, and may we have the eyes of Simeon Jesus was born at a dark time. God had been silent for 400 years. But even in that silence, God never stopped working behind the scenes. His amazing plan was unfolding. God never stops working behind the scenes. Maybe tonight you feel like God's gone silent on you. We all go through times that we view as dark. Let's believe like Simeon. He waited and he believed God was working behind the scenes, even though it seemed dark. Several weeks ago, Pastor Pat asked us to write out our prayer needs and also answered prayers and put them on a card and place them on a wall in the lobby. Through those weeks, those requests have been prayed for by our staff and we are so thankful for all the notes of prayers that many of you posted on those white cards. Tonight, we have all of the cards gathered. We have the thankful notes, and we also have the prayer, the prayer requests in this basket. And tonight, we're gonna pray for all of these in unity. And if you're visiting with us, and you haven't had the opportunity to submit a prayer request, that's okay. Please take a moment right now between you and the Lord and let him know your prayer request. And we're gonna pray over all of these knowing that Jesus is the light in every situation of our lives. Amen? Amen, amen. Please stand. Dear Lord, yes. we thank you that you are the light in darkness. Amen. And Lord, we thank you yes. for answered prayers, 
Lord, we thank you for hearing our prayers. And Lord, we're asking for these requests tonight, Lord, for people who are struggling. Lord, for people who have put in these needs. Lord, none of them are too big for you. Lord, you have amazing plans. Lord, if you can bring our Savior into this world as a little baby, Lord, we know that you can answer these prayers. And we are asking for those who need your comfort, for those who need healing. Lord, for those who need restoration and provision. Lord, for every one of these, none of them are too big for you, Lord God. And Lord, we thank you. God, that you hear prayers because of Jesus Christ. And Lord, for those who are here tonight, Lord, who have a prayer need on their heart that may not be in this basket, Lord, you hear. Lord, you know them all. None of them are too big for you. And Lord, we're looking to you to be glorified in every situation. Lord, that you would bring more praise reports Lord, we thank you. Lord, I pray, God, for every person who has those needs on their heart. Lord, as they leave here tonight, their burden would be light knowing that you have heard and that you are working behind the scenes and that you will be glorified in every one of these situations. May we all keep our eyes on you, Lord, that we would see you as a light as comfort, as hope in every situation in our lives. Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Thank you for all these that have, that have let us know and let you know of their thankful hearts. Lord, they've written down answers, and we know you're the God who answers. We thank you for these who've offered you thanks. Together with one heart and one accord, we say thank you. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for your answers. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Christ child whom you sent to save us, to restore us, to reconcile us. Because of Christ, so many of these white cards were filled out with thanksgiving, and they'll continue. We know you're the God that answers prayers. We trust you. We trust you. These testimonies here bring great, great uh, comfort, Lord. They encourage us in our faith. We're blessed by them. And we give all the credit and all the honor and all the glory to you. Again, Father, we thank you for Jesus. As we exit this evening, may we not forget he is the light of the world. He came to save us from our sins, to rescue us from the pit of destruction and win for us eternal life. Carry us with that, God. Carry us with that. Keep us, keep our hearts glowing for you because of the Christ child. It's in his name, Father God, Jesus, that we ask all these things and give you thanksgiving and praise.